Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. We worship you. 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 We worship Romans 8.14 says in essence that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That phrase stands up to me. The sons of God are led. They're led. We are to live this life led. Not struggling to know. Not bumping into walls and trying this and trying that. No matter what you're facing today, there's a leading to know what to do in the face of every circumstance. We do not arrive at manifestation of the victory that belongs to us by struggling. We're led there. We're led into experiencing the victory that Jesus made ours. As one minister said, he said, God planned it. Jesus purchased it. And the Spirit leads us into it. Everything God planned, Jesus purchased. And everything Jesus purchased, the Spirit leads us into it. Amen. Why would we struggle in life when we can be led in life? But we just get into, if I could say this, a habit of trying it first, trying to figure it out, trying to work it out. And uh, one of the best times that you're going to learn that you can only experience God's best by being led is when you get thrown into something way beyond your ability. I mean, when my husband went home to be with the Lord, uh, the only thing that worked then is being led. And uh, when you know that you can be led, there's no room for fear. No room for fear because I'm led. I'm led. The only life God authored for us is the led life. He intends to lead. God said something to me some time back. I appreciate his wording. It helped me so much. And he said... Living in my presence does not come by earning. It comes by turning. Meaning you don't earn by reading my Bible enough, praying enough. And listen, I'm not diminishing that. I'm not belittling reading the word and praying. But it's not if we do enough of something, then we can have enough of him. He said, it's not by earning, it's by turning. And if I could say, it's not always just turning this way, trying to get God to send something, but turning this way toward the greater one who's on the inside of you. And he'll lead you. You do not need to leave this place tonight overwhelmed. I don't care what's facing you. What's facing you does not overwhelm the one leading you. Amen. Somebody asked me the question because when my husband went home to be with the Lord, you can understand what that transition meant. There was a lot to that transition. There were eight major business projects that he had left unfinished that we had to complete. And two of them were constructions of buildings. So I'm talking about major things. Dumped on us and none of us had had our hand in it the way 
he had had his hand in it. And we, it was uncharted territory for us because we didn't even know the status of many of those projects. And within one year, every one of those were completed for one reason. Somebody asked me, how did you, how did you get through what you faced during that time? And I said, one way, I listened. I listened. I didn't do till I heard. I looked to be led. And many don't even know that they are to live this life being led. Not by being worried, not by being anxious, but being led. And if you're born again, the sons of God are led. Amen. He's committed himself that when you belong to him, he has committed himself. He'll lead you. And then two verses down in Romans 4, verse 16, says how he's going to lead you. By that inward witness. By that inward witness. What is not? He doesn't promise us a voice from heaven. He doesn't promise us a dream or a vision or a prophecy, although those, although those may happen. What he has committed himself is to lead us by that inward witness. What is that? That knowing on the inside. That when you have peace about something, you go that way. If you don't have peace about it, you don't go that way. We follow the peace that leads. They shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The Spirit of God leads us by that inward witness, that peace on the inside. So I want you to know every one of you tonight can walk out free from any pressure of what circumstances you may be facing. Because all you have to do is be led. And it's easy. Why? Because the sons of God are led. And every one of God's people at all different places of maturity and development, but he would not put in place a way of leading us if it was hard for all of his children. It's so easy, all of his children can do it. You can be seated if you would. I Thank you, David, for saying all that. That help load the gun. If we will learn to follow the Spirit, He'll lead us into everything Jesus purchased for us. How many of you know He'll lead us into healing? Because there may be things we need to correct. There may be things we need to adjust. There may be something we need to add. There may be something that we need to uh, remove from our life that would get in the way of us receiving. And the Holy Ghost will lead you. He leads us into healing. He'll lead us into prosperity. He'll lead us into a home restored. Amen. He'll lead us into God's plan for our life. He'll lead us. He'll lead us in the daily affairs of life, and that's what he longs to do. Do you know, that's how we always purpose to minister, being led. Because we don't know everyone's needs in the room, but He does. And one of the things that God said to me coming into this week before I got here, He said, because I'm a sermon writer. I mean, I film uh, 14 weeks uh, daily. What is it? I'm filming 300 episodes this year for daily our daily broadcast, I have to go with a sermon. <laughs> I'm a sermon writer, you know. Um, and not to just mention in other places I preach, but before coming here, God said, I don't want you to even write any sermons. He said, I want you to look within and we'll draw out what is needed. Just draw out, draw out. And I've always endeavored to do that, but it's at a whole nother level. Speaking by that unction and utterance of the, of the moment. That, that doesn't mean I'm prepared. That means full enough to spill out. Um, and it's the best way to minister because that's what's going to reach the people's needs. And that's the best way to live. But I had one phrase that kept coming up to me for today. And if you would go with me. And we won't, I won't take too terribly long in teaching tonight. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And uh, Sister Pat Harrison, you're in the house again tonight, and I'm just saying in everyone's hearing. You say, why don't you have her on the front row? Because we seated her where she wants to be seated, so we're not dismissing her from the front row. So I just, you know, people sometimes wonder. Anyway. (laughs) She can have your seat. She she can have mine. Um, Sister Pat, if you get something anytime, you come up, you walk up. You don't even have to raise a hand. You just walk up. I'll sit down. (laughs) You add in anything. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Of course, this is talking about the nine manifestations of the spirit. And... um, We have to realize this. It says uh, these are manifestations of the Spirit. We could put it this way, manifestations belonging to the Spirit, meaning they're His. They're not ours. They're under His control. So when no one can stand up and say, I will operate in certain gifts every service at this time, not unless the Spirit leads that way because they're, they're His. These are His manifestations, not ours to control. They are ours to respond to. They are ours to receive of, but they're not ours to control. We can set the setting or the atmosphere that's conducive to Him to manifest, but still the manifestation is up to Him. Amen. And if He doesn't manifest through one of these ways, thank God for the Word that will always... Put into us what we need. And we just preach or teach the word. We don't try to perform these manifestations because they're His. So uh, this, notice this. I, I I can't get away from verse 7 for us tonight. But the manifestation of the Spirit, look at this, is given. It's not earned, it's given. It's not forced. It's not manufactured. It's given. But when it's given, we must recognize what's being given. Move with it. We said this and preached this on Sunday night. If you'll move while God's moving, you'll receive your healing. If you move while God's moving, you'll receive your miracle. If you move while God's moving, you'll receive your answer. Amen. When he's in manifestation, respond. Amen. His powers in manifestation respond. But this word in verse 7 keeps standing out to me tonight. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Look at this. To profit. To profit. When any of the nine manifestations of the Spirit that we read in verses 8 and on, when they're in manifestation, people profit. Lives profit. Homes profit. Churches profit. Humanity profits. But this is what we see and... This passage is talking specifically about the nine manifestations of the Spirit that we read. That the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. But I'm going to say even further than this, and still being correct with the truth of of Scripture, is this. Anything or any time the Spirit's involved in something, there's going to be profit. Amen. Amen. If you follow his leading, and it's not one of these nine manifestations of the Spirit, just being led of the Spirit, you'll profit. Yes. Amen. That's 
Because you cannot get the, the, the divine genius involved and there not be profit from the divine genius's participation. When the divine genius is leading you to do something, he's not leading you into loss. He's always leading you into profit. He's always leading you into more, always leading you into increase, always leading you into advancement, always leading you into promotion. Why? Because anything and anytime the spirit is involved, it, it cannot help but profit. Now, if we didn't profit, we didn't listen. Or if we didn't profit, but we heard we might have veered from what we heard or added to something that we heard. Because we can't just hear what he says then add our own spin on it and have profit. The truer we stay to his leading, the greater the degree of profit. Amen. Um, we are to learn to follow him in our every day life. You need to, I don't have time to teach it. I have a book out there called Following the Holy Spirit. Dad Hagen has a book on, what's the title? How to be led by the Spirit of God. It takes all the struggle out of life. If we will give place to the Holy Spirit in our services, that place will profit. Where he is allowed to flow, the result will be profit. Don't ever think that the Holy Spirit in a service will run people off. Because he can only bring profit when he's in manifestation. And no one loves the harvest. You don't love the harvest more than the Spirit loves the harvest. He would never injure the harvest when he gets his way. Where difficulty is is when people don't know him and call it him. And assign something to him that was not him. But it's our privilege to learn him. And be led by him. Amen. If a congregation will cooperate with him. I tell you what. They will profit. What's that mean? They will make spiritual strides. They will advance with God into further things that God has for that congregation. As a pastor... My motive and my intent was not grow the church, grow the church, grow the church, grow the church. Not my job. My job, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, and the word will grow the church. I love something Dr. Buddy Harrison used to say. How you get them is what you have to do to keep them. If you get them by having bunches of fellowship. Music concerts. You better keep having fellowship and music concerts because they won't stay any other way. The way, what you did to get them is what you have to do to keep them. So get them with the word. That, that's what they need. Amen. Get them with the Holy Spirit getting his way. The divine genius. The Holy Spirit knows what Humanity needs. When they walk through the doors, he knows what they need. My husband was invited when he was 25 years old. He worked on, he was a construction worker. He was a Catholic boy, and by his own admission, he was a bad Catholic. He only went at Christmas time and maybe Easter, and then he would lie on his income tax and say how much he gave. That's a pretty bad Catholic. And someone on the job kept inviting him every day to church, and Ed would say no colorfully. (laughs) (laughs) And so one day, a year and a half later, 
being invited every day. Will you go to church with me Sunday? Will you go to church with me Sunday? Ed finally said to the guy, he said, if I go to church with you once, will you shut up and leave me alone? He said, yeah, just go once. So this Catholic boy who was a bad Catholic walks into this full gospel church and the pastor preaches and Ed said he sounded like an auctioneer. He said, I didn't get a word he said. But he said, toward the, end of the, toward the end of the sermon, a little Filipino woman stood up and started speaking in tongues. And her husband stood up and interpreted it. And the pastor's head fell because they thought they'd run the Catholic boy off. But what they said was, today is the day of salvation. And they started telling him by the Spirit what to do to be born again. And that's what sealed it. It wasn't the sermon. It was the Spirit getting his way and bringing profit. (laughs) Amen. That's, we need divine help in our services to reach the hearts and the needs of every person there. And he can only bring profit when he gets his way. Amen. Amen. I want, turn with me if you would real quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. So if you have a device that allows you to pull that up, you may want to pull that up in the Amplified Classic. It reads, do, not, do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you? Look at this phrase, to be at home in you. Collectively, as a church, and also individually. I think a key phrase in this is to be at home in you. We want the Holy Spirit to feel welcome when, we're, when we've come together, that he feels at home. What happens when somebody comes and visits you in your house and they feel at home? The interaction is so much easier. It's easy when somebody fits When they come in your house and they sit down and conversation is easy. There's just a flow. And you will discuss things with them that you might not discuss when you don't feel at home with someone. Yeah, it's good. But when you feel at home with someone, there's an intimacy you'll enter into. You'll let them walk in and into your kitchen, just open the fridge for themselves because they're at home. And they have taken that posture that I feel at home, I feel welcome to be myself here. So here I don't think it's any mistake when it reads that the Spirit of God has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home. And uh, if we don't receive or He's not in manifestation for long periods of time in our midst, we have to wonder, does He feel at home here? Because where He feels at home... There's, an inner, there's, a, there's a divine flow of him. Amen. But notice that. That's, here he says that um, his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and individually when you're at home. Amen. When you're in the car. Learn to be at home with the one who is at home on the inside of you. Learn to speak freely to him, to listen attentively to him. Amen. When the spirit is honored, he will move freely. Amen. But I want you to see this, that the spirit of God is always connected to prophet. We need him to... We need His leading. We need His manifestations. We need His movement. 
Um, the Spirit's involvement makes all the difference. The Spirit's involvement makes all the difference. Um, I want to again read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit, look at this, is given to every man to profit with all. Every man who cooperates with the Spirit will profit. Every man who obeys and yields to the Spirit will profit. But the flip side of that is true. Every man who doesn't cooperate will not profit the way he could have and the way God intended him to. That's why I don't put the Holy Spirit in some out-of-the-way place. He's front and center. Amen. And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit's most more interested in working with than you is the Word. He works with the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. But we have to learn to follow. Amen. Um, Dad Hagen had the Spirit of God to say to him on occasion, if you will learn to follow my spirit. Jesus said this, if you will learn to follow my spirit, I will make you rich. I am not opposed to my people being rich. I am opposed to them being covetous. Now listen to this. If you will learn to follow my spirit, I'll make you rich. He was speaking specifically about the financial arena. But anytime you follow the Holy Spirit, He'll enrich every arena. Amen. Every arena you allow the Spirit's involvement will be enriched. Not just the financial, but it's conditional if you learn. If you learn. Amen. Uh, The Spirit's help is for our profit because God wants us to experience profit, never loss. Anytime there's loss, God wasn't God, God wasn't leading that way. In other words, God only planned increase for us. Yes, amen. He only planned profit for us. Many of us have experienced loss at times. Just simply, it could have been avoided. Right. If we'd have listened. That's right. If we'd have listened. That's right. But if we missed it, we still have help from the Holy Ghost who will lead us back into the place. Amen. We've all said I should have, I should have, or I should not have. And I so appreciate that the path, uh, the word talks about in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it talks about amplified taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should live the good life. Taking paths, plural. Why? Because if we get off the path, there's another path to get us right back on. Amen. Amen. Then look again at that verse we're looking at in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. If a business owner comes up to the manager of his store and he says, I want to see a profit and loss statement. He can print out to show the owner of the store what, was, what the profit was, what the loss was. And if he said, we profited $500,000 this year, that means we had 500000 more than we, ever, than we had before, right? So when, we're, when we are profiting by the Spirit, we'll have things we never had before. We'll have revelation we never had before. We'll have all kinds of wisdom we never had before if we'll follow because he'll lead us into profit. Amen. We'll walk in anointing. What about greater peace? Yeah. Greater understanding. Again, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I just kind of treated that word with all as a filler type word. But when I looked it up in the dictionary, I saw a meaning I had no idea of. The word with all means in spite of all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit in spite of all. Look at this. If we'll follow the Holy Spirit, we'll profit in spite of the economy. We'll profit in spite of what's going on in the government. We'll profit in spite of opposition. We'll profit in spite of circumstances. We'll profit in spite of our upbringing. We'll profit in spite of our lack of education. We'll profit in spite of all the bad decisions of the past. Amen. We'll profit in spite of the surroundings that seem to be right here that say you can't go any further. The Holy Spirit knows how to take you further. You'll follow His leading. You'll profit in spite of what everybody else says against you. Amen. When the Spirit is involved, in other words, it doesn't matter what's been against you. Because the prophet he brings will trump every single thing that has tried to hold back. Amen. In following the Spirit's lead, sometimes it looks like he's reducing you. But he's reducing outwardly sometimes because he's doing something else to advance you. Let me give you an example. What about this in the case of Gideon? He had what? He started out with, what was it, 32,000 soldiers in the face of an overwhelmingly large enemy armies that came against him. And he only, 32,000 was a drop in the bucket compared to what was against him. And God said, you got too many. And God said to him, send home anybody who doesn't want to be here. They don't want to fight. Send them home. Anybody that's fearful, send them home. Why? That shows you what God can't work through. Someone who doesn't want to be here and someone who's fearful against what God has said. That they hold to what the enemy says more than what God says. (laughs) And he lost a mere 22,000 on that on that grand invitation. Looks like reduction. But God's going to lead him into profit. Amen. So now he's down to... (laughs) Yeah. A mere 10,000. Then there's another instruction that comes from God. Take, Take them to the water. Watch them drink. How they drink determines where I can take them. Couldn't we say that in this day of the, the, the new covenant being filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, drinking of the Spirit, how they drink will determine. How they drink will determine how they handle opposition. It does matter that we're full of the Spirit. It does matter. It does matter. So he took them down to the water and watched him drink. And 9,700 out of 10,000 didn't drink the right way. He's left with 300 and God says, now I can do something. When it looks like what you have is not enough, you get the spirit involved and you got profit. You got profit. You got profit. You got more than enough. You might be outnumbered, but you're never outpowered when you got the Spirit's involvement. Amen. And if things aren't moving quick enough for you, don't bypass the Spirit and try to force and jam something to happen. Because the prophet is with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Following Him. Um, My husband and I, in about 1986 or something, I want to say, started building a building over in Jinx, Oklahoma. We had 85 acres that seated 1,000 people, had a congregation started, and Dad Hagen came and dedicated the building. 
And uh, as we were about two months after Dad Hagen came and dedicated the building, Ed and I were sitting on the front row on a Sunday morning. He was getting ready to preach, and he leaned over and said, God just said something to me. I said, what do you say? He said, God said, would, God asked me this question, will you do me a favor? And he said, I'll do anything. And God said, I want you to go back to Southern California because he had originally been from California. He came out about 1983 to Tulsa. That's where we met and we got married. And God spoke to him and said, I want you to go back to Southern California and get, get in position for the last day revival. And I said, well, when are you telling the people? He said, this morning. <laughs> that was my husband. He was ready. He was always ready. We were ready, but then we had a plan. And the plan was that we're going to sell the building, sell the property. We go back to Southern California with all this money to set up our headquarters out there. Good plan. Great plan. Uh, the only thing is the building didn't sell. And it didn't sell. And it didn't sell. And we sat there another two years waiting for it to sell, and the traveling side of his ministry began drying up. So then we hit hard financial times. After two years, I got up one morning and I said, God said go to California, I'm going to California. He said, what? I said, I'm going to California. When? Tomorrow. I've got Stephen and I tickets. We're going. Stephen was six years old. I said, we're going. He said, you're really going? I said, I'm going. God told us to go. We've stayed here with the building. It's not working. I'm going. We weren't strife. We weren't mad. He said, you're really leaving? I said, I'm going. I got up on a Monday morning, packed Stephen up, and the two of us went. Arrived by noon out here because the time changed. You know, I gained a couple of hours. And by 5 o'clock, I called him and said, I got a house. Yeah, Come on out. It's good. That's right. That's right. It's good. That's right. That's right. Brand new house. Got it. It's leased. I don't want to buy one because we, I want to find out where we want to live before you purchase. But it's a leased home. Come on out. Two weeks later, he showed up. And we learned this. When the Spirit of God says something to you, you don't wait for something else to give you permission. When He says it, that's enough to profit. And it set us back another two years after we got to California just because we weren't moving with Him. We intended to, but we adjusted some things. Amen. And we stopped profiting, but the moment we started making steps in the right direction, profit came. Amen. 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 Profit started showing back up. And God restored and multiplied us when we got to where He told us to be. And I, I'm saying this to you tonight. What has the Spirit said to you? What has He led you to do? What has He led you to do about your body, your finances, your marriage? Your spiritual life. I was listening to a sermon that Dad Hagen preached years and years ago in the Bible school at Ramah. And I heard him make this statement one time that I've never heard him make any other time. And he said, If you will get your spiritual life in order, your body will start responding. What's he mean? If you follow what God's telling you to do. If you follow what God's telling you to do, what, what we've struggled with will all of a sudden start working. Amen. When we follow how the Spirit is leading us, we'll, we'll arrive at profit. We'll arrive at increase. We'll arrive at healing. We'll arrive at prosperity. We'll arrive in the flow of the things that Jesus purchased for us because the Spirit's leading us to it. Amen. So I would say this, when I've missed it, yes. I've always known where I missed it. Yes. Well, that's right. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. 
People say, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm missing it. Then, then ask the one who knows. Because sometimes for what we're believing for to manifest, there has to be a little bit of an adjustment to how is he leading you? What's he telling you to do? What's he dealing with you about? Have you ever noticed God's always dealing with you about something? Have you noticed? There's never a time that God's not dealing with you about something. Why? Because he's always working to bring us into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Amen. He's working in us both to will and to do. And sometimes that working can be really felt. You feel like you've been taken back to the woodshed and worked over a little bit. Have you ever had God take you to the woodshed? You know what I mean by that? By him saying, do it. <laughs> yeah, what's he trying to do? He's trying to bring us into profit. He's trying to get us to increase, get us in position where we're moving with his wisdom, his direction, because that will always bring us into the place of abundance that he has for us. Amen? So I would say this, make it a lifestyle. Keep your antenna up. What's he saying? What's he dealing with me about? If he's dealing with you about something, it now made it important. Even though it might look like a small thing, if he's dealing with you, his involvement makes it important. Because many times he knows that that thing he's dealing with us about is going to have to be in place for what's coming. In 2011, the Spirit of God said to me, all I want you doing is practicing peace. All I want you doing is practicing peace. What's he mean? That's not, yes, I read the Bible. Yes, I prayed. Yes, I studied, but I made peace the emphasis. You say, how, how did you practice peace? Any thought that didn't arrive me at peace, I rejected it. Any thought that troubled me, I cast it down. I paid attention to my thought life like a rattlesnake. I watched everything. This is where a lot of people miss it. They're not paying attention to what they're thinking about. Their mind's just all wandering on something before long. They're all panicked and anxious and overwrought because they didn't pay attention to the thought life. Their thought life took them somewhere. And uh, so I paid attention, strict attention to my thought life. And it ended up really putting me in a further place in the spirit. But I'm so grateful. Just that, that statement, he didn't, there was no sense of urgency with it, Pastor. There was no, there was no further explanation. There wasn't, uh, all I want you doing is practicing peace because. Right. He didn't give me a cause. Right. Yeah. He just yeah. said, this is what I want you doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it. And then it was two years later that my children come to the house and say, Mom, Dad's plane went down. I was so glad I was practiced. Yeah. At the right flow. Because that dictated where the ministry went after that because I was already in the flow of peace and I knew how not to get out of it. I knew how to stay in that place of peace. And it kept the ministry on course. It kept the congregation on course. It kept nothing from being lost of God's plan. I had no idea that my entire future was connected to him saying... All I want you doing is practicing peace. But because I listened, I profited. And others around me profited. Amen. If we don't follow the Spirit's leading and what He's dealing with us about, it doesn't just affect us. It affects others that are connected to us. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. What's the Holy Ghost dealing with us about? Pay attention. Because once he's involved, it's no longer unimportant. And there's a reason he deals with us about something. And sometimes it can look like it's so insignificant. Sometimes it can look like a side issue. But when he's involved, it's now a main issue. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost. I know you are grateful for the Holy Ghost. 
grateful for the Holy Ghost. Let's just raise up our hands and worship Him. Because right now you may be saying, you know something? Because, uh, listen, the devil's always looking for the opportunity to rob something from us. And you may, you, we should all take this time and say, wait a minute, what's he been dealing with me about? I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm going to address it. Amen? Because it'll keep the door closed to the enemy. To where he can't rob from me what God's blessed me with. Amen? Brother David, let's, let's just... Sing a little bit of something to. Let's take a look. Regina, come up here, man, the singers, because you may have something. Praise the Lord. Surely goodness, surely mercy, walk beside I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name. Sing, guys. Show me goodness, show me mercy, walk beside One more time, surely goodness. Father, my day. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Yes, Father, my dickish. Makadash Lokush. Hokush. Hadalokai. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yako. I you're speaking about the church. Yes, Lord. In numbers for the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. Because the they rejected your glory. They rejected your miracles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both kittish. That's why your glory is here. Your presence is here. Because we're receiving your glory. We're receiving miracles. Yes, Father. They have seen your miracles. Still rejected it. Yes, Father. But we only knew and see it in our spirit. Now it's going to manifest. Yes. It's going to manifest. Yes. The manifestation yes, of Father. your spirit. Oh, All we have is your leading. All we have is the spirit leading a pastor, leading us all of here. We did reject the Holy Ghost. And you promised that you will fill 
our church and fill our life with your glory and with miracles. And what was the part that you said we got a prophet? Yes, so koshi and the homa de kutsuke. Eka so kutsisokushe and that the glory has kutsuke. Oh, yes, Lord. Yeah, I'm hearing you, Father. I'm just saying what you're saying to my spirit. Yes, Lord. Yeah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will see the manifestation. Yes, Lord. We will see the manifestations. We will see the manifestations of your spirit. We will see it. You promise it. We will. I'm just saying it, Lord. We were just saying it, Lord. My pastor is just speaking it, Lord. So that you can manifest it. Yes, Lord. It's time. It's time. Yes, Lord. Everyone. Everyone. That will mark it. We are not rejecting it, Lord. We will not reject it, Lord. That day, that day you said it, now, now, now it's coming to pass in this place that you will feel, you will feel, whoo, glory, the glory of God will fill us, all of us that never reject, never reject the glory, never reject the Holy Ghost. We never reject it. Even though we don't see the manifestation, we just worship you for it. We just worship you for it. Now it's time for manifestations. It's time. Because the manifestations. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Oh, You are pleased. I'm saying it, Lord. You are pleased. You are very, very pleased. Yes, I say it. You are pleased. You are pleased. And when you are pleased, you will manifest the way you did to Abraham. You were pleased with his faith, even though he doesn't see it on his body. He didn't consider his body now dead and his wife body now dead. He just considered your word, your word, Father. He just considered your word and just glorify you for what you have said. And you manifest, manifested it, manifested it. And he became the father of our faith. I made this statement as pastoring for 25 years that I did. It, I wasn't trying to grow the church. I was giving the Holy Spirit a place to be at home in. And when He would manifest, the people would come for the help of the Spirit. Amen. Giving Him His place in our presence. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. We glorify. We glorify. Mashtakariya. Just worship Him. We worship You, Father. Mashtakariya da bokoriya sikikikiya da boshtokoriya sikikikiye. Mashtakariya da basha kototokoye. We worship you, Father. We glorify you, Father. We glorify, we magnify.
I'm reminded of something with my husband years ago when he was about 57, 56, 57 years old. He had gone to the doctor and to his surprise, he was diagnosed with cancer. And um, they said, you've got maybe a couple years. And uh, we had driven to the appointment in separate cars. So when we went back home, he arrived home before I did. And when I walked into the house, he said to me, he said, already got the answer. Already got the answer. Not even 10 minutes he'd been home. He said, already got the answer. I want you to know it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. And I said, what did God say to you? He said, I walked in and I said to God, he said, God, you don't miss it. I've missed it. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, every time that's, that there's an attack, that doesn't necessarily mean you missed it. But Ed, Ed knew in his spirit. He said, God, I've missed it somewhere. Where did I miss it? And God said two places. He said, uh, number one, he says, I've dealt with you for years about not resting properly. My husband would go and go and go and go and go. As Dr. Summerall said, no one ever died from overwork. They died from lack of rest. Meaning you work hard, but you got to rest. Why? Because we still have mortal bodies. And God said to him, he says, I've been dealing with you for years about not resting. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a side trail here, and I'll come back to finish that. We were in a meeting years ago, and there was a well-known minister, and his wife had been diagnosed with cancer. And uh, she, was, she was a hard-working woman. Um, basically, she, through lack of rest, she broke her body down, and her body just couldn't resist and repel things as it normally is supposed to. And she ended up with cancer and God healed her. But we got a phone call and said that that cancer has come back on her two years later. And um, said, um, you know, she's, she's progressed quickly. That disease has progressed quickly. So they were asking Ed to pray, and Ed, Ed said he went and talked to God about it, and God said to him, he said, no, she's going to die. He said, because I told her to rest. And when after I healed her, she went back to her old habits. And she didn't. What am I talking about? If we listen and follow the Spirit, there's profit. Yes. And she didn't make the correction, and she wasn't hearing it for herself. So getting back to my husband, so this is the exact same problem that my husband ran into. God said, I've been dealing with you for years to rest your body properly, and you don't. He said, you'll do it for a short time, then you get back to your old bad habit. So he said, that's the number one thing. He said, number two, he said, you've not been obeying me in the prophet's office. I tell you to say something, and you won't say it. And so Ed said, Father, I repent. And God said to him, Okay, I forgive you. Just like that. It's not a labor. Yeah. Amen. 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 He is eager to forgive. Yeah. And God said to him, okay, it'll all be gone within 30 days. Day 28, he went back to the doctor. It's all gone. It would not have done any good for him to come home and just start throwing healing confessions at that. He had to adjust something. He had to set it right. But notice, it didn't take long to set it right when he heard. You're led by the Spirit of God. You're a son of God. You're led by the Spirit of God. He will lead you into health. He will lead you into your answer. But talk to him. And so... He, Ed did do somewhat of a medical procedure, a mild something, not a surgery. There was some treatment. I don't, it, it was nothing that was aggressive in that, 
it didn't cause him to lose his hair. It didn't cause him to lose his strength. He was still going the way he was going, um, traveling. And, uh, and day 28, he went back to the doctor and the doctor said, someone up there likes you because what we gave you has nothing to do with what happened to you. What was it? All he had to do was follow what the Spirit said, and there's profit. Listen, I, I so appreciate that the Spirit is catering to us tonight what we need to hear. Amen. And uh, I remember there was one person that my husband and I were ministering to. They had a terminal condition. And God gave me a sermon when I went to the church that they were at. And I knew it was for them. And I talked about basically judging yourself on some things. Setting things right. And after the sermon, that person said, Well, I know there's nothing wrong in me. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Listen, there's always something I'm, I'm looking to adjust. And that alarmed me. When that's what they told a family member, I, I'm, I'm right. There's nothing wrong that I need to adjust. And uh, they buried them. Listen, I'm eager to hear. I want to hear because the, the blessing is in the hearing and the obeying of what we hear. Amen. And I want you to know just as easy as when my husband heard, God said, okay, it'll all be gone within 28 days. It's not hard. It's not hard. Amen. He'll lead you. But what I, I want you to know, don't go home and start going through a mental checklist of what you're doing wrong or where you think is, could be wrong because the devil will be right there as accuser of the brethren to give you a false list that will diminish you and rob you of faith. You quiet down your mind and you turn to your spirit. And you say, Holy Ghost, if there's anything that you want, you're dealing with me about, I need to adjust, I need to correct, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. But I'm not going to do a mental checklist. Because you'll open the door to the devil. Because he, he's the accuser of the brethren. He will put you down, push you down. Amen. And he'll get you trying to deal with stuff that's not even the issue. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I'm led. You're led. You're led. And I don't care if the problem is with the children. I don't care if it's with finances. The Holy Ghost has the answer. Turn this way toward your spirit. Turn toward the greater one on the inside and say, I'm listening to you. What do I need to adjust? What do I need to correct? Because we don't have to stay off course for days and weeks and months at a time. We can easily just get back on course and things fall back into line. I saw, uh, you know, with King Hezekiah, God sent the prophet to go warn him. He said, set your house in order. God told the prophet what to say to the king. How would you like to get this message for the king? <laughs> set your house in order for thou shalt surely die. God was not sentencing him to death. God was, was letting him know the direction you're going is going to end in certain death. So he said, set your house in order. Because the way you're going, you're going to die. And the prophet walked out and the king turned toward the wall. Turned on his bed toward the wall. And he didn't set his natural house in order. He set his spiritual house in order. And he judged himself because he'd been prideful as the king. And the moment he did that, before the prophet even got off the king's property, the word of the Lord came and said, go tell him I'm adding 15 years to his life. It doesn't take long once you're here, once you're led, once you agree with God. Agree with God. The blessing is in agreeing with the word. The blessing is in agreeing with what God's saying to you. And it didn't take long. And that's why, Dad Hagen, I love that statement. When you get your spirit where it ought to be, your body will start responding. My husband could not have just sat and thrown healing confessions 
at his physical need. He needed to hear because the Spirit knows. He knows. And he's not trying to hide it from us, what we need to know. He's looking to reveal and show. He will show us things. He'll show us things to come. He'll show us what we need to know. Because he wants us to live accurately and not just living by guessing and going and keep bumping into a wall and go, well, I don't know. I'm just throwing confessions at it. Confessing the word is right, but you need to hear so that you'll know what to confess. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus, we glorify you. We thank 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 you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We so appreciate and value who you are to us. That you're in us to help us every single day. Every single moment of the day. And we can come to the place to where in a moment we know exactly how you're leading us. Every single moment. That it's not... Listen to this. It's not long laboring in prayer to know how he's leading. The leading belongs to us. We don't have to talk him into leading us. I never say to the Holy Spirit, lead me. I never say, lead me. That's what he's in there to do. I say, I'm listening to how you're leading me. I don't ask him to be, I don't ask him to do what he's in there to do. That's accusing him of not doing what he's there to do. He's always trying to lead us. It's about us listening to the lead. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing it. Go ahead, Frank. You know what I'm doing. Sing that chorus. Go up there, Regina. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.